Welcome to another episode of Pilates Elephants. Today, we have a very intriguing topic, charging for results instead of time. And I'm here joined with Xenia Wood. Welcome, Xenia. Hi, thank you so much. Great to be here with you. So, um, yeah, can you just uh, introduce yourself to the Pilates stratosphere, please? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as you said, name is Xenia. I am an exercise physiologist by trade, so exercise rehab is my jam. I've been doing that for eight and a half, nine years now uh, and run now two businesses, uh, a rehab business, a Swift Movement Academy, and then Swift Coaches Academy is where we help health professionals, um, business owners in the health and wellness space um, transform their businesses from struggling to thriving. Awesome. And um I was, uh, so we're both in Australia, we're both EPs, got a lot in common. You're in Brisbane, um, I won't hold that against you, um, and I'm in Melbourne. <laughs> um, so tell me, uh, you know, this notion uh, of charging for results or charging for value instead of charging for time. I think the 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 first thing I'd like to, to unpack is like, well, what is that whole concept? Because I think in, in the Pilates world, probably in the fitness world as well, we we just everyone charges for time. You know, we charge per session, or we, you know, you might sell a ten session pack or whatever. And some of us do like direct debit, you know, EFT memberships or whatever. But it's always X number of sessions per week. That you know, what do you get for your EFT? You get three sessions a week. You know, so we're always, always, always charging for time. Uh, and so this is quite a radical concept because in other industries, though, it's quite normal to charge for results. So yeah, what do you mean by charging for results or value? And um, how could you? How could we do that in Pilates? Yeah, I think I guess to unpack what value-based pricing or charging for results is is that you know if someone comes to your Pilates studio, the idea behind why they're coming is not because I want to go to Pilates every single day for you know sixty minutes every single day. Generally, they're coming because they have a problem and they want that solved, and so without sort of jumping into, oh, these are the prices of these sessions and you do half an hour or 45 minutes or reformer or mat work or whatever you've got, it's really identifying, okay, what's the problem that we're trying to solve? And is it the problem is I feel really nervous about returning um, to regular training postpartum because I had a prolapse or, you know, like there's a whole host of reasons why someone might be nervous about it or maybe they want to lose weight. Um, but actually articulating their problem first. Uh, and so then when we talk about the the re- charging for results, it's like, okay, well, instead of going, oh, okay, cool, you want to lose 10 kilos, sign up for a monthly or weekly direct debit or whatever it is, what if we could say and work backwards and go, okay, well, if you want to lose 10 kilos, we know that that's going to take uh, to be safe and effective and make sure you keep it off. It's going to be half a kilo a week, for example. And therefore, that means it's going to be a 20-week process for you to achieve that goal. Um, and then maybe you you add a buffer of, of one of like five weeks for, um, you know, things that come up or, or whatever that goes on in life. But the idea behind it is people aren't, most of the time, coming to Pilates for Pilates. They're coming to Pilates for the feeling that they get. 
They're coming to Pilates to be more confident, to have more muscle mass or to feel um, stronger or, or whatever it is. And it, I think it's articulating what that result is that they're trying to achieve as opposed to just, oh, yeah, come three times a week and just continue indefinitely, see how you go, and going, what would you like to achieve? And then creating something around the result as opposed to my monthly direct debit system, which no one really wants to sign up to, but they understand the process. Whereas if it was like, I can get you 10 kilos of weight loss and get you feeling strong and confident in 20 weeks, and that's going to be $2,000 or something like that, as opposed to going, how many sessions do you need? And, and you know, what can I do to um, get more sessions in the door or, or things like that? Mm, amazing. Right. There, there are a few layers there that I think we need to unpack. And I did a solo episode a couple of weeks back about um, how to make $100,000 a year teaching Pilates. And I did touch on this idea of selling a result. You know, so you sell an upfront offer of, you know, achieve X result. You know, and I suggest um, get over your back pain is something Pilates is really good for, better than weight loss um, probably uh, in Pilates. Uh, you know, so selling a result rather than selling Pilates. But I think this is, you know, after talking with thousands of Pilates instructors, this is something that, you know, it took me ages, like a decade or more to get my head around. I think a lot of people really go googly eyed when they think about this concept is like what you just said is like, well, people don't come to Pilates because they love Pilates. And I can just hear like 10,000 people going, no, no, I love Pilates. That's why I do Pilates because I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, can you like explain that sacrilegious statement that you just made? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, people do love what Pilates does. But if it was, you know, some other people also love powerlifting for what it does. It's, you know, you, you love the routine or you love what you're doing, but it's because of the feeling or the outcome or, you know, the what it builds in your life. And so I guess, to backtrack, it's not that people don't love Pilates, but people don't go because it's Pilates because then everyone would do People go for the outcome or how that makes them feel. And even if we're um, selling based on the result of a feeling of like we're going to improve your confidence or you're going to feel stronger or you're going to feel supported by a team of women or whatever that is, that's kind of the thing that I feel are the the crux that make Pilates this almost cult-ish experience where people do say, I love Pilates, but it's it's the outcome and, and it's what they get from Pilates is the reason. Right. I, I think uh, uh, in my mind there are, uh, there's like there are, there's, there's a separation there from before they become your clients to after they've been your clients for a while. So I think people who are your future clients are not sitting at home going, gee, I really need some Pilates in my life. I really miss Pilates. I wish I had more Pilates. No, they're thinking, they're not thinking that at all. They're thinking like, I had a shit day, my boss yelled at me, my back's killing me, I've got no energy, I'll just have a glass of wine to drown my sorrows, I feel shit about doing that, but, you know, fuck it, I'll have another one just to make myself numb. You know, like, that's what they're thinking, right? They're not thinking, oh, I love Pilates, I wish I could do Pilates. And if they're scrolling through social media and they see Pilates when they're sitting on the couch feeling all depressed and sorry for themselves and wallowing in their depression, they're not going to go, oh, that looks awesome, I'd love to do that. Then you're like, no, right now in my life, I don't have time or space or energy to even contemplate you know, doing that because that looks like hard work, you know, but what the, if they're sitting there and their back's killing them, right. And they're feeling de-energized and demotivated and they're, so they're scrolling through social media and something comes up and it goes, Hey, get rid of your back pain in six weeks. 
right? Or are you sitting on the couch drinking wine right now and you would much prefer to be like feeling energized and happy, right? Try Pilates. It's the answer, right? So, so talking about their problem, you know, the, which is basically the, the underneath side of the result that they want to achieve is, is much more effective before someone, you know, buys from you, before someone becomes your client. But once someone's been your client for weeks or months or years, and it's like they are, have been doing three sessions a week for, you know, six months, it's like, of course they love Pilates, right? They know that they've, you know, they've built up social relationships with the people they come to sessions with. They've, they feel taller and stronger and straighter and more flexible and happier and all of those things, right? So they love, now they love Pilates and they're, they're, they're you now. They're like telling all their friends about Pilates and, you know, they won't shut up about freaking Pilates, right? But before they tried Pilates, that wasn't them, you know? So I think people start for one, they come for one thing, they stay for a different thing. I think they come for the result and then they stay for the experience and the social relationships and all of the other benefits that come with it. Yeah, I, so, I would yes. absolutely agree with that. I think that distinction to be made of um, new timers or people who are nervous and hesitant and um, haven't tried it before is probably very different to, you know, anyone who's done anything for a long period of time um, and has now developed a love for it. Um, you know, the way you talk to those people is probably very different. Right. And so, you know, dear listener, as you listen to this, you know, if you see some an ad or something that says the word Pilates, you prick up your ears. You're like, oh, Pilates, that's cool. That's, you know, but most people in the world don't give a shit about Pilates, right? They're interested in you know, getting over their back pain or, you know, feeling happier or having more energy or, you know, losing weight or getting stronger or being more flexible. Like they're interested in solving their problem. They're not interested in doing Pilates per se. You know, they're, they're interested in doing Pilates probably about as much as you're interested in learning about plumbing or accounting. You know, it's like you don't give a shit about plumbing or accounting, but when your sink's blocked, you want a plumber, you know, you don't want a blocked sink. So, and they're the same, like, and, and they're our future clients, Pilates clients, their equivalent of a blocked sink is I've got a sore back or they've got neck pain or, or whatever, you know, they don't give a shit about what brand of reformer you have or any of that, you know, they just want their neck to stop hurting. Yeah, and it's only the 1% of the 1% who are already so invested and involved and maybe they moved cities and they're already coming to you anyway. You don't really have to market to those people if you've got the incredible service. So the marketing and, and when we're talking about, you know, our, it's less about our products and services, right, and more about the problems, like you said, and articulating their problems. I was saying today um, to some of my business mentees, the person who can articulate the problems that our future clients hold the best are the ones who will get the initial conversion or the sale. Right. It's so it's so weird, um, isn't it? Like in in uh, some industries, it is. I think as if we if we put ourselves in consumer in the consumer shoes, you know, if we put our consumer hat on, it's normal. Like you know, when you go to, I don't know. A dentist or the supermarket or whatever, you don't think like, oh, I'm interested in dentistry. I want to know, wonder what the benefits of dentistry are. You know, it's like, well, you don't never think about the dentist, but like when you've got a sore tooth, all of a sudden you're like, oh, where's the nearest dentist? You know, so we're only driven by, in our own behavior, most of us, we're only driven by these you know, problems that we have and the, a solution, that result that we want to achieve. Okay. When you're, you know, most, you know, I never, I imagine most people don't sit around and think like, oh, I wish I could get some personal training. Right, but sometimes people do sit around thinking, "Gee, I feel fat. I feel unhealthy. I feel stiff. I feel weak. I feel de-energized. I wish there was a solution to those problems." 
you know. I wish, I wish, now, I think people would much rather have, and people, like what you said before, like people don't pay for Pilates. I think, you know, people pay for, you said people pay for result. People pay for how Pilates makes them feel. I think if they, if you could wave a magic wand for those people a lot of the time and just say, hey, look, would you like to feel taller and stronger and more flexible and happier and more energetic and have less pain, whatever, and here's just a magic wand and I'll make that happen for you with no effort on your part. It's like, I think they'd prefer that to Pilates. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's where it comes in, you know, you can sort of piggyback on the value-based pricing. It's not just um, paying for results or things like that, but it's also time delay. So how quickly can you achieve that result? And, you know, if your induction process takes three weeks and they haven't even got going and done like a full Pilates class yet, they're probably not interested anymore because people are, are waiting to to get the result. And the result could be I get a dopamine hit from doing my session, right? Like it doesn't have to be this huge, massive thing every time. But I think that we, a lot of the times, if you are a Pilates instructor or any sort of valid health professional, we are so focused on Pilates or the the product or the service or the, you know, which reformer brand we've updated or whatever. But our clients really care about the things that are going to impact them in their life. And that's not, you know, if you have a slightly stronger spring on your reformer. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, if you've ever traveled by air, uh, you know, what's your favorite brand of jet uh, engine, you know, uh, <laughs> like no one cares, no one cares, you know, you as a consumer don't care what sort of aircraft you fly in, you know, as long as it's like modern and <laughs> safe and all of that. But, you you know, I feel like 99% of consumers, you don't know the difference between a Boeing and an Airbus and a whatever other brand. You know, it's like you just want to get on the plane and get to your destination safely, quickly and easily and get off the plane. You're, like, you're actually interested in the being at the destination, you know? Yeah, sell the destination, not not the journey. Yeah, and the journey is obviously comes with it. You want them to build the excitement about the routine and, and, and loving the process, which is that longer-term stuff. But at the start, like you said, I think, you know, the talking about feeling stronger, tall, standing taller, more flexible, all of those sorts of things – Pilates instructors are competing with other health professionals and other health and wellness facilities, and it's not only saying like if, like you said before with the dentist, if you're if you're if you have a toothache, you know that you go to the dentist. But I don't go to the dentist just to check it out. I check it out because my problem is I have a toothache and I need that solved. Whereas if my problem is I don't feel strong, I have maybe five different options that I can choose from. And so not only is it do you want to feel strong? But what are the nuances that Pilates brings in of like not only strong but flexible and confident and in a safe environment and whatever else that Pilates provides that isn't provided by other things? So it's competing in a market where you actually aren't the only go-to. People aren't instantly thinking, I should go to Pilates because I feel lethargic. People are going, oh, well, is there a pill that can fix it? Because that's quicker, probably cheaper, takes less effort. And so we have to make it feel sexy and good and sort of stack the value because it is going to take some effort, whereas a pill doesn't really take any effort. But we know that maybe the longer-term results are the things that we need to be really leaning on when we talk about value because that's the stuff that these pills and quick fixes aren't going to provide for them. Okay, so uh, so someone comes to you, and uh, they they want a result. So, what result do you 
what result do you deliver? I mean, I know you don't see coaching clients anymore, but like, yeah. Yeah. So with our, with our rehab business, it's, um, it's pain-free or depending on obviously if they're chronic pain or, or something like that, we're not promising, um, things that are not, not available to them. Um, but yeah, it's generally, it's pain-free, um, and it's performing back at their peak. Okay. So it's like, I want to get back to doing this specific activity, my sport or gardening or riding my bike or whatever the thing is. Um, and I want to, you know, I want to not be hampered by my back or neck or knee pain when I do that. And so, all right, so I come to you and, you know, and you want to charge me, you know, $2,000 or whatever amount, you know, not $50 a session. You want to charge me some, some, you know, total amount for that result. So walk me through how, how you recommend people, you know, price that result. Like, you know, how, if I, you know, what is the difference, I guess, sorry, what is the difference between selling a result like, okay, you'll be pain-free and back playing your sport again, okay, versus $50 a session? You know, what is the difference in the in the services that you provide, in, you know, the, the way you think, uh, the problems that you have to solve, et cetera? Yeah, okay. A lot to unpack. Happy to go through it. Um, I think I, to give you a bit of background, I used to go the session-by-session approach and the time-for-money approach. And I found that that really didn't work for people because there's no commitment on their end um, and therefore their car breaks down and then then they have this knee-jerk reaction and go, I can't afford it this week. And it's like, but three months ago you told me that, you know, getting rid of your shoulder pain was the most important thing in your life. And now all of a sudden – You've put every other priority or, you you know, you got to pick your kid up from school on a Thursday now and you can't find time because you had to stay late back at work and whatever it is. So I found it was really hard to actually get longer term consistency and obviously, you know, that's what brings results because I was charging session by session. And also with the way that, you know, I work in more of the um, the programming of exercise and, you know, if you know, potentially in Pilates, you're doing more stronger classes or endurance classes, or you have some sort of progressive pathway or plan with that. You can't actually progressively plan someone if you don't know if they're coming back next week, let alone next month. And so I think we definitely do focus more on how do we get the result and then going one session, like anyone who's done one Pilates session and then went, oh, not for me, or I didn't get my result. Like, obviously. Obviously, you didn't get your result because it was one session. You do anything once, you brush your teeth once, they're not going to be great forever. Like it, it does have to be a consistency thing. So I first realized that that wasn't serving as myself, as a business owner, me personally, because I was, you know, just frantic in terms of where's my next dollar coming from? How do I manage this? And so I was all over the shop. And then that came from a place of scarcity of, oh, you know, I have to keep this client or, or I don't know if they're coming back next week. And as opposed to, you know, if you sign up, like I've signed up to a business coach, my first business coach for two years. And so there wasn't this grabbing at straws week one being like, I have to get all the information and, you know, I have to be the strongest person from Pilates for one week, which we know is not how it works. And so by investing in longer term commitments, it benefits the client and the business owner because the business owner goes, great, we have six months to get you pain-free with your back and we know it's going to take some time. You've had pain for 10 years, but some habits we got to build. And so you can actually slow down to speed up and create the really solid habits and the foundations and build upon those 
as opposed to what I used to do, which was kind of like word vomiting all my education at someone and just hoping it would stick and they would, you know, figure it out for the, for themselves. Mm. So, all right. So there's, all right. So the first, I, I'm with you on this. So the first thing is the level of commitment. So it's, it's kind of like a, it's a marriage instead of uh, casual dating, as it were, that we're, we're committing, you know, we're committing to at least a, it's a relationship. period of time together. Okay. All right. It's a committed, <laughs> it's, it's, it's committed relationship. Um, and we're committing to, you know, both of, you know, the coach and the, the client are committing to, you know, achieving a result together at the end of X period, at the end of a set period of time, right? So we, we're committing for a specific time frame, And I think that makes it easier for people to commit than an open-ended thing. So if I say to you, hey, let's sign up for an open-ended, you know, direct debit, that is less attractive, it's less attractive for most people than saying, hey, it's, you know, 12 weeks and it's this much money you know, because there's a defined end date on the 12 weeks or whatever period of time, right? But people can basically commit, go, oh yeah, I can commit for six weeks, 12 weeks, you know, whatever number of weeks that is, if I get this result at the end, you know. And, so, and, the, and the goal is that they do stay on, right? And they do love it after that time period. And that's when they become the loyal people who love Pilates. But we got to get them the result first. Right. So they come for the result, they stay for the relationships and all those other benefits. Because of course, you know, if you Need want to get over your back pain and feel more energy. It's like, well, okay, you know, you've got over your back pain, you've got more energy. Do you want to continue to feel this way, or do you want to go back to feeling how you were before? You know, I mean, the answer to that is obviously no. I want to continue to feel this way. So, all right, well, you need to keep moving then. So, and you need to keep doing those lifestyle habits that we've talked about and whatever. So, obviously, there's a long term commitment in their future. But paradoxically, as human beings, you know. If, if, if I come in and I'm like, oh, Xenia, I want to, you know, get fit and you're like, great, well, you've got to, you know, eat better and get to bed earlier and drink more water and exercise every day and you've got to do that for the rest of your life. I'm like, oh, that sounds fucking hard, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> but if, if you say like, all right, well, in six weeks, you know, we can increase your strength by 50%, right? I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome, <laughs> right? <laughs> And it's like, yeah, and if I can do 10 push-ups now, in, in six weeks I can do 15 push-ups, you increase my strength 50%. Bam. Yeah. And people love those definitives as well and they love timeframes and they love being able to, um, I guess, ground themselves in, okay, well, this is where I'm going to be then as opposed to this open-ended, oh, just continue going and then it's like, well, what are you tracking and where's my progress and and can we do that? And, you know, that's something that I see that's done a lot better in the PT land than in in Pilates is actually tracking progressive markers. Like you said, it's not hard to go, how many push-ups did you do now versus before or, you know, whatever exercise on the machine that they could never do and now they can do a whole set of it without stopping, whatever it is. But like creating markers and metrics to be like you're progressing as opposed to this is just something that you do. Right, right. And it it, it is, I think it's back to that thing that, you know, people come for the result, they stay for the for the other benefits, but I think still tracking goals and results. Like in my own training, I still have, like I have a weekly goal for kilometers, how many far I run and, and like, and that just motivates me. Right? I just have a little whiteboard next to the, in my gym downstairs. And it's like, yeah, I, I look at that. And I'm like, ah, oh, behind this week, I better do a long run today. You know? So I think most people are motivated, you know, by goals. In fact, the research bears, bears out that that is true. You know, when you set goals with people, they're more likely to achieve the things that are important to them in life. Um, so, right. So, so we're setting a goal, but like, and, and that, you know, elicits a high level of commitment from the client, which then makes it more likely that they're going to actually achieve their results. 
But like, what about all of those other things, right? So when we, when we sell sessions, right, we're responsible for delivering a fun session and we're asking someone to come back based on, well, was that session good? You know? So if the session was good, you should come back. If the session was bad, you shouldn't come back. Uh, so we try to deliver good sessions. But when we're selling a result, we're selling like, okay, you'll be able to increase your strength 50% in six weeks or you'll be pain-free or you'll be back at playing your sport or whatever. Then we're, we're not just intri- – our, our job changes from being from like delivering a fun session or whatever, to, although that's probably still something we should do. But it changes to like, okay, how do I help this person achieve this result? What are the things that are going to get in their way and trip them up? And it might be, like you said, you know, they have to take their kid to swimming on a Thursday night now. Right. So how do we help them overcome that obstacle so that even though their kids' swimming lesson changed to Thursday night, you know, they're still going to be pain free and back to playing the sport at the end of this program? Like so so how can we build in solutions to those kinds of things into the program so that so that we genuinely are charging for a result, not just charging for sessions, but calling it charging for a result? Yeah, I think it's it's just being a little bit more holistic and not being like I'm a Pilates coach and having your blinders or your blinkers on. And going, what does this person actually need? And and maybe you can't provide all these things. Maybe they need to talk to a dietitian. Maybe they really do need to, you know, have some habit setting or accountability goals. Or you know, could there be a buddy in their class who there's accountability buddy, and they always go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and check in with each other if they're not there. Like, what are other things that we know that people who are trying to get fit, pain free, stronger, whatever. What are going to stop them from achieving that result? And how can we create that into your service? And then accountability buddy costs you nothing, but gains a whole lot of community in your Pilates facility. So that's a ton of value right there. What about an accountability tracker that you create one time because everyone keeps talking about they can't hold themselves accountable or they or a gold tracker or a habit marker? Like you said, you have one on, you know, outside your gym. It's like, what if we could create these once? And then be like, you know what? I know accountability is a really tough thing for most of our clients. We've actually got this solution for you. And being part of our program means that this is you, you get that too. Right. And I think that's such a brilliant idea. And, you know, a couple of ideas around how people could do that is like just a freaking whiteboard on the wall of your Pilates studio or a little shared Google sheet that all the clients have access to and they get to fill in their own row and go, oh, I was there on Wednesday, tick, you know, I get to colour my little cell green, you know, because I was there. Or an email that goes out to all your clients once a week going, okay, here's everybody's attendance for this week. And the top five attendances were, you know, this person, this person, this person, this person. Um, You know, so you can create a leaderboard. There's all kinds of things that you can do to create accountability. Or it can just be like not how many attendances. Like, okay, did you meet your goal? You said you were going to be here X number of times. Did you come, you know, whatever that number was. Everybody who got that gets a high five and a, you know, rocket ship emoji. And, um, you know, we honor those people. So there's lots of ways that you can create that that are basically free. And it might be like a one-hour effort to set up the Google sheet or buy the whiteboard and stick it up on the wall or, or whatever. But it's like, yeah, once you've done it, it's done forever, right? It's, it's- Absolutely. And that's that's the thing when we're talking about value stacking as well, right? It's not just a Pilates session anymore. Now you've already, everyone who's listening to this now already has a habit tracker and accountability buddy. And, you know, that's cost you nothing except for created a whole lot of community. What else could you add in? Do you have, you know, someone... Could you give them a Pilates ball to take home at their first session that's included in their package that they purchase for their first six weeks or whatever it is? And maybe it's a higher price package, but you're guaranteeing these results. And so 
they're committed too. But on that, you're also committed because if you say I'm going to get you pain free in 12 weeks, then you have to deliver, right? Like it's not a, it's a two-way street with any relationship. But if we can say I'm going to get you pain free in 12 weeks or you train with us for free till you do, or you say, or um, we'll give you your money back. Something like that makes it a wow offer. And so many more people would try Pilates. And you think, oh, there's going to be people who don't get pain-free and they ask for their money back. But it's like one in 10 people are going to ask for their money back, even if 10 of them didn't get pain-free because they had an incredible experience with you. And they got 80% of the way there. And so they still, you know, love what you did. And so you're going to get more people and more leads come into your Pilates studio if you can create something that is so outrageous and you know you can execute on, the people are like, I'd be stupid not to try it. Right. And um, it is scary offering a guarantee. Uh, and there are some things, some factors in the, you know, in the world that are outside your control as a Pilates instructor and, you, you know, your clients have stressors on them and social relationships and all kinds of, you know, sleep deprivation because of young kids and all kinds of things that you can't control. Uh, but there's a lot of things that you can actually come up with solutions for. Like there are practical solutions to improve sleep and there are practical solutions to manage stress and you know these are freely available in the public domain if you you know go and look up google scholar or even youtube about you know how to manage stress like you know probably some of the things that come up will be pretty you know familiar to you meditation walk in nature you know participate in meaningful activities have a meaningful conversation with someone you care about you know these types of things (laughs) Uh, do Pilates are things that people find improve their stress and improve their sleep. And, you know, you can do the same Google or YouTube search for how to improve sleep. And there's a, there's a bunch of books on these topics that you can educate yourself on and then build these solutions into your services so that you, when that client says, oh, well, I, you know, I'd love to do your program, but, you know, I think my pain's always worse after I have a crap night's sleep and I have a crap night's sleep every night because I've got insomnia. Well, you know, maybe you're not qualified to treat insomnia, but you, there are pragmatic solutions, or maybe you could partner and refer them to a therapist. And there are all kinds. Of, there's actually an app that you can use to treat insomnia that has uh, uh, randomized controlled trial evidence. It's a CBT-based um, insomnia app that is, uh, you know, according to the RCT, as effective as in-person CBT for uh, insomnia. So. Um, anyway, yeah, there's lots of, there's solutions. There are solutions. And the thing with that too, I'd love to, I'd love to touch on, you know, we don't have to have blanket guarantees. You know, if you are so confident that they're absolutely going to get 50% stronger, then put that in there and make it, you know, all your money back if you, if you feel like you can deliver, but you can also have conditional guarantees, right? Like if, if someone pays their $600 for six weeks and doesn't rock up, you're obviously not going to achieve the results. So we need to, you know, you also need to maybe set some minimum standards of if you come twice a week or something like that and still don't get your result, then we will give you your money back or something like that. So it's it's people who are ready to do it and they're just not sure about or they're on the fence because they're not sure about will this be the thing that helps me because they want to commit, but there's obviously something holding them back and those guarantees or conditional or not can really help to push people over the line to actually just give it a try and experience your facility. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I call it a success path. I got it from Russell Brunson. 
uh, which basically is like the set of a step-by-step instructions that tell your client, okay, if you want to get rid of your pain, here's what you've got to do. You've got to come to sessions, you know, twice a week with me. You've got to do your home workout program twice a week. We've got to do some lifestyle adjustments to make sure you get seven or eight hours sleep and manage your stress and do this and this and this. Okay. And if you do all of those things, I will guarantee that you are pain-free in X number of weeks. Um, and if you don't do all those things, I'm not going to guarantee that because those are the things that are required in order for you to get pain-free, right? Like, I can't do the things for you. You have to do the things. Yeah, and understanding that that takes time, which is why having, you know, 12-week, six-month commitments, you have that ability to create and stack those habits as opposed to, like, from week one, you have to sort your whole life out. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm actually uh, – I've been – I've come around to – be a big fan of the we'll work with you free until you do guarantee over money back. I think uh, most people would actually prefer to have the result, right? Like if they're paying you, if they're paying you $600 to get rid of their back pain, they'd rather have no back pain than have the $600, right? So I don't want my money back. I just don't want to have back pain. So I like the work with you free until you do guarantee. In fact, I'm in a couple of pretty freaking expensive masterminds at the moment, which are basically uh, around business that will like, okay, we'll, we'll help you achieve this result in your business or we work with you free until we do. Because it's like, well, I don't want my money back. I want the result. So, <laughs> um, all right. So we're selling a result and it, you know, might be, you know, pain free. It might be back to doing valid activities. It might be 50% stronger. It might be get your first pull up. It might be, um, you know, lots of different things, but I think a result, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of, it's, it's easy to come up with a kind of an, an unclear result that's not able to be measured, and so I think we need to steer clear of those. So what are kind of some of the traps that you see people or the, you know, the quote results <laughs> that people advertise like that aren't really measurable results? And how would you, how would, how do you, all right, even better question. How do you choose a result and how do you articulate a result in such a way that it is tangible and measurable for people? I think it depends on the individual. And this, this depends on whether you do want to take this one-on-one and you create that for them or whether this is more of a marketing thing and you say, you know, we'll get you pain free or your money back. And then you can, you cannot, um, you can obviously flag them and sort of have them do an onboarding call with you first and be like, look, you probably don't qualify for that because you've had, you know, surgery or whatever it is, right? Like there's going to be some people who don't qualify for that program. Um, so you could potentially do it that way. Um, but I've heard a lot in terms of, you know, someone might want to, um, build confidence. Like how do you measure confidence, right? Um, however, if you say that you will feel more co- a confidence, you, you know, you put a metric on it, you say, you know, you will feel 50% more confident or something like that. If people feel like you've delivered a great service, the likelihood of them wanting that money back or wanting to not a- wanting to get that back is a lot less if they feel like they've just had someone who's there who's really helped and supported them. Does that make sense? Right. We, um, yeah, so the two things there I want to unpack a little bit. One is that just the likelihood of people asking for a refund. The second one is putting a metric on things that essentially are very difficult to measure, like things like confidence or you know, energy or whatever. Uh, and so the, let's go to the second one first. And I think like in our business, I think people are – afraid and I was afraid when we first started offering guarantee that oh no like what if everyone wants a guarantee you know wants their money back you know <laughs> that would be the end of our business <laughs> um, but that doesn't happen I mean if you deliver a you know quality experience and results for people people aren't going to want their money back we we offer a money back guarantee so our guarantee is 
uh, if you come and certify with us as a pledge instructor, we will, uh, you'll be confident, skilled and certified and highly employable pledge instructor in 20 weeks or you don't pay. Right. And so, uh, I think in the last five years, we've given like two refunds. We do like 500 students a year, you know, just like a percent of a percent, you know, <laughs> like of, of people that ask for a refund. Now that's not to say that we've only had two people who weren't 100% happy with the service. You know, we've had people that were 80% happy, but they didn't want a refund because they're like, no, it was freaking awesome. There was this one thing that kind of shitted me about it, right? <laughs> I couldn't download my PDF file or whatever when I wanted to. But, you know, overall, I had a great experience and I wouldn't want to ask for a refund because I'm really happy with the result, right? So that's, I think that gets to what you say is like, people won't, if you're a decent human being, you know, people aren't going to ask for a refund, you know, nine, 99 times out of 100. Um and the the second thing is like how do you quantify things? I think what you just said is great. Like, okay, increase your confidence by fifty percent. Great. Scale of one to ten, how confident are you today? In on the la in the last thirty days, how confident are you that you could do X, you know? Okay, great. Let's recheck in four weeks and see what number you'd give. Right. And, and absolutely if they're up. unhappy with the service, they could lie. But those are the people who you don't who don't want to be your clients anyway. So you're really they're kind of you know, it's it's such, I think it is something that feels scary to say or to do, but the upside of how many more people you will have walk through the doors and experience you so, so, so far outweighs the 1% of the 1%, like you said, of people who are going to ask for that to the point where you're in the positives financially and you're profiting more even with those people who are the one in 500 who decide that they want a refund. Right. So if you give a guarantee that, you know, increase your strength by 50% in six weeks or your money back, uh, you know, you will sell, let's say, 50% more of those programs, right? And you might get, you might get, you know, let's be, let's, let's, worst case scenario, 5% of people want a refund, right? Well, you sold 50% more and 5% wanted a refund. So you're, you're 45% ahead. Right, or maybe a bit less because you increased by so you're like forty four percent ahead, right, of where you were if you didn't offer that guarantee, right? So you've got way more clients, and it's a very small number of them. Worst case scenario, I've never seen five percent refund rate, but you know you're still way ahead, even if a couple of people ask for a refund. Um, all right, so how do how do you? I guess, how do you price that result, right? So just say, I want to come to you and I want to get, uh, you know, let's keep this in the realm of Pilates. So, right, so just say I'm coming to you and you're teaching me Pilates and I'm not, I'm not coming to you for Pilates, I'm coming to you because I want to get back to playing basketball, right, or back to swimming or, or whatever, right? I can't swim now because my shoulder's sore and I want to get back to doing swimming. And you say, okay, great, yep, we'll get you back to swimming and it'll take this long and it'll cost this much. Well, how do you price that? so that you end up making a profit. Because what if I need like 99 sessions, right? And you tell me it's $1,000 and it's like, oh, I've ended up paying like $10 a session. Um, I think there needs to potentially be some guidelines around timeframes as well. So you would have to know that if this is going to take someone a year and they're doing three sessions a week, what that looks like. So you might have your own internal guideline of what, financially that works out to be um but i mean how valuable is it for someone to return to swimming 
right? Like I think that people underestimate how important exercise and, and health is to people and you have these people who say, oh, I can't afford it. It's like, well, can you afford to still be in shoulder pain in six months' time? Like what is that doing to your life, to your relationships, to your work, to your ability to, you know, be attentive and, and not be irritable? Um, and so I think it really, that comes back to a sales conversation of what's the actual value that you're providing. Um, and if you're talking about like the technicals in terms of like what you charge, you can figure out, okay, well, if you're going to give them unlimited classes, the maximum people actually do is five sessions a week. And that's going to be at our, our regular membership is $55 a week. And we have, you know, that result's going to be achieved in 20, like you can do the math on it. Um, but the thing is, outside of that, you can provide so many more things like we spoke about before that cost you almost nothing, that add value on top of that. Because like you said, people want a result. Right. So here's how I would approach it. You tell me if you agree or disagree. That So I would say, okay, you want to get you know, over your shoulder pain and get back to swimming. I'd say, great, well, let's do two sessions a week because that's a good amount for you to sort of maintain consistency and me to help you with motivation. I want you to do a workout at home a couple of times a week as well. It'll be really super short, custom little 10-minute thing you're going to do. Uh, and then there, we'll do some lifestyle adjustments, you know, whatever those things are that will identify that are most important for you, um, you know, sleep, stress, family, diet, you know, whatever those things are. And they'll just be little pragmatic things like going to bed an hour earlier or getting off your screen an hour earlier or, you know, whatever. Um, and we'll agree on those things. And if you do all those things, you know, in, let's say, three months, I'll guarantee that you're back in the pool doing laps or I'll work with you free until you do, right? And the cost is, then I have to do a calculation here, and I would have done this before we had our conversation, and it says like, okay, well, the actual time that I'm spending here is like two sessions a week, right? Plus a little bit of admin at the start, like maybe a goal-setting session, and then, you know, a little bit of admin, like sending you an SMS a couple of times a week. Hey, just checking in. You did your home exercise program today. Send me a photo, selfie of you doing it, please. Uh, and so, you know, it's like maybe it's like two sessions a week plus an extra 10 minutes a week of, you know, upkeep. And then maybe once a month we're doing a half hour goal setting session or something like that. So it's like, all right, so that's for three months, that's, you know, 12 weeks is 24 sessions plus another three sessions once a month is 27 sessions. I think, all right, well, what would be if I was charging, you know, if it was one-on-one, I'd be charging 150 bucks a session. All right, well, let's say it's 100 just to make it really easy. <laughs> and we'll call that, you know, 30, what did we, what did we say, 27 uh, sessions? Yeah, 2,700, you know, plus a bit of extra time. Let's round up to 3,500, right? And so that'll be like, okay, 3,500 to get rid of your shoulder pain, get you back swimming in three months, or I'll work with you free until you do. And and we could break that up into like, you know, 1,000 today and then X amount per month for the next two months or something like that. Well, you could, yeah, yeah you could do even it? do, you okay. could do, you could do a weekly, but we do, um, yeah, upfront or monthly payments at the moment for our clients. Um, we, the reason we've done that is if you want to move away from session by session. So no one pays weekly because then people say, oh, well, that one week was one session. And I'm like, okay, but we also wrote your program. We also reached out to Allied Health Professional. We also, you know, changed this, bought this equipment, did this with you, um, checked in with you, all these other things. And people think you do Pilates, but you actually do the other side of the spectrum, which is all the shit they don't see. And 
that's why a lawyer can charge $1,000 for 10 minutes. It doesn't cost them $1,000, but all of their experience and their knowledge and everything that they've done up until this point means it only takes them 10 minutes now. Right. So, yes, I think there are two sides to the calculus. And one, you know, on the client side, the calculus is, well, how valuable is it to you to get back swimming? Right. That's what we're selling. Whereas on our side, it's like, okay, well, our time really is a finite resource in the business. Like if, if our, if our job is like seeing clients, then our time is the constraint on our earnings. So we you know we could earn a thousand dollars an hour, $10,000 an hour, but still we're going to be limited by how many hours we can see clients for whatever our hourly rate is. And so in reality, we do have to consider the, the fact that we are trading time for money in our business. If, if our job description is like, interface with clients directly. Um, And so we have to calculate, okay, well, what's it worth? What is one hour of my time worth? You know, what am I prepared to, you know, accept for one hour of my time? And given that, just say, all right, if I want to work 25 hours a week and I want to make $100,000 a year, well, I've got to earn $85 an hour. Right. So therefore we, that's how I would work it back from there. Would you work it that way or how would, how would you? Yeah. If, if that's the right math on that, I would add a little bit more on top of that because you're talking about face-to-face hours. You're not talking – if you want to work 25 hours total versus 25 face-to-face hours is another conversation, right? And this is why I think a lot of new instructors and coaches get tripped up because they're like, oh, wow, I'm getting $60 an hour. And you're like, but it took you an hour to do the admin for that one hour of work, so you're $30 an hour and you could be working at Coles. Like, plus, <laughs> plus half an hour travel time each way. Plus, also, you have to pay your own tax and super if you're self-employed. So you're actually, you know, remove that as well. So I think people don't actually, they think about the hour face-to-face and both the coach and the client don't actually think about what is happening behind the scenes to make that an incredible experience and give them an incredible result. And, you know, if you have skin in the game because you said, I'm going to work with you for free until you do. You absolutely want to get them pain-free before the end of the time, right? Because how incredible is that? They get two weeks of additional free, like pain-free training, even when you said it would take 12. So, all right. So I want to sidestep into that question now around, uh, I don't want to come back to the conversation about pricing in a minute, but I think I'm guessing that, you know, for a lot of people listening to this now, there's, you know, maybe they're thinking like, oh, this is a great idea, charge for value, charging instead of charging for uh, you know, charge for results instead of charging for time. But it's like, well, what if I'm not confident that I can actually help people with a result? Like I know, you know, I know a lot about Pilates training. I've been a participant in a whole bunch of different, like four different Pilates training courses. And I've taught a bunch of them. And most of them you don't learn. It's not like in PT school, we learn like, oh, here's how you induce hypertrophy. Here's how you increase one RM strength. You know, here's, you know, you don't learn the, the basic principles of, of exercise science and progressive overload and all those things. So it's like, imagine a lot of Pilates instructors think like, oh, holy crap, how could I guarantee someone to be back at swimming? Or how could I guarantee someone to, you know, be 50, do 50% more push-ups at the end of six weeks? It's like, well, so yeah, what advice would you have for, for the person thinking that? I think it comes down to a little bit of experience. Like once you've trained a number of people, you're like, okay, everyone at least improves their push-ups by 50% in six weeks. So you're like, great, that's an easy win, an easy in for them. 
that I I know I can guarantee. Um, outside of that, in terms of finding ways to do that, I think. Look, it's it's something that that will be fine tuned and, and comes with you learning about that. But then it goes, okay, well, if we're actually not here as a Pilates instructor, and we instead treat it as if we're here to transform someone's life. What other skills do, do you need as a Pilates instructor to actually get them the result? Because, you know, we all know that you're not just a Pilates instructor. You're also sometimes their psychologist or their friend or their, you know, babysitter if you've got, you know, mums and bub classes or whatever it is. And so we need to be versatile and understand that even if you aren't qualified to provide that result, you have people in your corner, like you said, who you can refer out to, who you can lean on because you are just as committed to their results as as they are. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. And I think, you know, certainly there's uh, an, a time and a place to refer and I agree with you there, but I think a lot of the time uh, when we as movement professionals change our thinking from like I'm selling Pilates and I'm selling the hour to I'm selling you getting back in the pool, right? All of a sudden our job description broadens out a lot and our just job description is not to like deliver a session our job description is to like, well, whatever the heck I need to do to help you get back in the pool. If that is overcome your procrastination, if that is help you find a child minding, you know, solution, if that is you know, whatever it is, it's like, well, how can I help you achieve that? So, uh, you know, then the, the, and then it might be like, well, I don't know how to help you overcome procrastination. Well, that's a skills gap, right? So how do you help people change their behavior? Well, there are people who know how to do that. So just go and seek them out and, and, and learn. There are plenty of books on it. Probably educate yourself for free a lot on Google and YouTube and Google Scholar if you want. Um, go seek out some, you know, training and goal setting and behavior change. And, and, uh, th there's lots of research on this in exercise. Like we know how to help people set goals for exercise and, and, and achieve them. You know, it, it's well understood. And that's how, that's how you can charge a higher price because you're not now a Pilates instructor. You also have all this other repertoire. And so you just, again, value stacking. It's like, okay, but I also help with goal setting. I'm also going to make sure and I'm here for you. And it just, it creates, I'm not just a Pilates instructor anymore. And I'm here for holistic health. And by the way, Pilates is an incredible addition to how we're going to do that. Right. And I think that's where people, um, almost all, in my view, allied health, like physio, EP, PT, personal trainers, Pilates, yoga, everybody, I think the main thing that's missing is accountability for almost everybody. You know, like exercise works when you do it, but the problem is not that people don't, you know, is the problem is not that there's all these people in the world doing their exercises and they aren't working. It's the problem is that people don't do the exercise. That That's where the problem is 90% of the time. And so, you know, the biggest, most high leverage thing you can do is actually learn how to help people actually do the thing that's going to help them, you know, solve their problem. So I think that behavior change skill set is, in my view, the most valuable addition that you could, you know, dear listener, um, obtain to make yourself a more valuable resource to your clients. Because I've probably tried personal training and Pilates and yoga and PT and all of these stuff before and it didn't work, but it didn't work not because the personal trainer didn't know what they were doing, but because they didn't go back. They did three sessions and then they gave up and then it didn't, quote, didn't work for me. It's like, well, you didn't fucking do it. <laughs> that's what didn't work. But, but, that, that's, but that's the universal experience almost, right? People give up real easy because it's hard work. 
and your kids do need to go to swimming practice and you did have a shit day at work and you know, you are freaking sore from last week's session still. <laughs> so it's hard to, it's hard to go back. So how, if we can learn to help people go back, you know, we can, we can make much more of a difference for, for more people. Um, so tell me about, I want to talk about the mental obstacles to charging, you know, for results or even just for, char- you know, to making a profit basically. <laughs> so I think, um, I don't know how it is in the PT space. I suspect it's not as bad. Uh, and by the way, dear listener, we're Australians. In Australia, PT means personal training. If you're in the US, PT means physical therapy, which is a completely different thing. <laughs> so in Australia, PT means personal trainer. Um, so I think in Pilates, we're a lot more um, ethically, uh I think challenged by the idea of running a profitable business and making money. And um, so, you know, how can, how would you counsel somebody? I mean, is this a problem in PT? And and if so, you know, how do you counsel people when they're like, oh, Xenia, you know, like it's okay for you to charge, you know, $200 to solve this problem, but it's like, I'm but a worm and I don't have these skills and I'm just a beginner and my clients can't afford that. And I don't want to rip my clients off and, you know, insert other like self-limiting beliefs around money. Um, you know, so how, 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 how would you help somebody start to overcome those, those limiting beliefs? I think it starts with us and I think it starts with your own money mindset, right? Because when I started out, you know, young spring, chick, spring chicken at 21, you know, I didn't have money either. And so I didn't think my clients had money, but they were paying $140 plus for sessions. And it's like, well, clearly they value this a lot higher than, you know, what I feel like I like potentially value it for, but you've obviously done all this education, you know, and have a have a uni degree and, you know, $40,000 hex debt I've had to pay off. So I think when it comes to mental obstacles of of charging high prices, it's, it's knowing your worth. It's understanding that it's not the time that you spend in session, but it's everything prior and after the session that you are supporting them with. And the other thing is, unless you're a non-government organization, like a non-for-profit, you, you, the goal of business is to turn a profit because if you can't be profitable and you see this so often in gym owners, clinic owners, they pay themselves, you know, pennies on the dollar and they pay everyone else and pay all their staff all of this money and they're left with nothing and it saps you and it drains you and it makes you resent what you're doing. And when we have profit, profit isn't bad. Profit is because of the fact that you've created an incredible service and people have said, I think this is significantly more valuable than what it's costing you to create it for me. And that's not on you to be able to determine what someone else can and can't afford because you don't get to dictate how important someone's health is to them. You don't get to dictate how important it is for them to three days a week leave their family, have nothing to worry about, and just get some exercise in because that can be huge for people. And when we put our own money challenges on people – then it means that we're withholding. I think a huge learning curve for me with this was that I, for the first time ever, was like, I'm going to tell this client exactly how many sessions that they need and it's going to be a lot of money. And then if we need to, we work backwards from there, like provide them the gold standard. And so I I said three sessions a week and I think I was charging at least $100 a session per week. It was $300 this person had to fork out um, per week. 
And I said, this is what you need. Like, if I'm going to give you the gold standard and we're going to actually achieve your goals, that's what you need. And then I just didn't say anything and I shut up. And then she said, okay. And I was like, fuck, what? <laughs> because $300 to, you know, just graduated uni student is a lot of money. Um, but to this person, her health was so much more important than that. I later found out also that she was an anesthetist and earns $300 an hour. So it's nothing to her, but it's just a way of showing the value. And I think in the inverse, it's like you might see someone who is a uni student be like, okay, well, but they can't afford it. But we had a client who called me Christmas holidays two years ago, who's 19, works two night fill shifts um, at Woolies a week and paid $7,500 for 12 months to work with us because his pain was that bad and he saw a YouTube video that I did that helped fix part of his pain that he was like, I want to work with you. And it's like, what's the value in that? Like clearly he doesn't have a lot of spare money, but his values are very heavily set in health and that's not our, um, that's not on us to dictate what someone can or can't afford. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think there's, uh, that. I think that's a common one that people – uh, and if you're listening to this, um, you know, uh, chances are you don't make $200,000 a year. Um, if you do, awesome. Um, but I think most of you probably don't. Uh, but that doesn't, you know, so, so just say you make 50000 a year. Well, if there's somebody out there, a client of yours, who's some kind of high-flying, you know, medical professional or whatever, corporate executive, and they're making 200000 a year, a dollar is worth a quarter as much to that person as it is to you, right? So they buy something for 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 a hundred dollars, that costs them the same proportion of their income as when you buy something for twenty five dollars, right? So so imagine you know, would you go and do a personal training session for twenty five dollars? Well, that's how much that's that's how expensive it is for you know for someone who makes two hundred thousand dollars to do a one hundred dollar an hour session, right? So. And and then there's the other side of the equation, which is, so that's how much someone earns. Like you say, then there's the other side, which is like, well, how valuable is that to them personally, right? And that session might be hugely valuable to someone and life-changing. And just because, like, dear listener, you've got maybe freaking Cadillac in your spare room and you can jump on at any time and do a Pilates workout and you know all the moves and you've got Pilates mates who will work you out and stuff. It's like, to you, you wouldn't pay $200 for Pilates session in a pink fit, right? But you are not your client. You know, your, your, your client doesn't like you would pay $200 for a plumber to unblock your sink, right? But a plumber wouldn't pay $200 for a plumber to unblock their sink because they can just do it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, how, how would you, so let, you know, just let's walk through just like a, you know, if I'm in a, if I've got a little solo business, imagine I teach Pilates in my, garage or something. Okay. I see some private clients or maybe see some semi-privates, two on one, three on one groups, et cetera, sometimes. And at the moment I've been charging for my time, right? A charge per session. How would I transition if I wanted to set up my business and transition to charging for results? You know, how would I go about doing that? What would be like the one, two, three step process to do that? We have a whole program based on it that takes people, you know, six to 12 weeks to implement and, and earn at least their money back for. But um, the very uh, 101 version would probably be make sure that you have an offer 
and you know what that offer is. And so you can articulate what's included and, and, and what's involved. Um, and then make sure that you have all those inclusions listed in and figure out the result that you're providing and then articulate that to them. And I think it's, it's really, it's not, com- the, t- the actual doing is not complex. It's everything between your ears that's telling you not to do it and everyone else doesn't do it. And, and that's, that's the game. So you advocate that people choose a single result to solve in their business for their clients? Not necessarily a single result, but you're going to have uh, an avatar client and the more niche that that is, the easier it's going to be, right? Like if you're helping 14-year-old girls overcome eating disorders in Sydney, you're very niche. And so they're all going to have very, very similar problems. And so it might not be one problem, but you're going to have some overarching themes, Um that are your pain points that you talk about and that would be how you bring people into your space because they resonate with those things like you said at the start you know I've got back pain I'm lethargic I'm sitting on the couch at home drinking wine I feel a bit shit sort of starting with those things right well I would say that if you help 14 year old girls overcome eating disorders in Sydney like that's one problem in my mind like that's very very specific (laughs) But, I mean, they're going to have other problems, right? Like, they're going to have problems with socialising, with food, with exercise. Like, you can build it out. Right. Of course. And so, you know, that comes back to, like, we come, you know, come for the results, stay for the experience sort of things. Like, well, people who have back pain doesn't mean they don't also have, like, you know, arthritis and low energy and poor self-esteem and all these other things, right? There's not – people don't own – you know, if you're listening to this and you've only got one problem in your life, like – you're the only person in the world. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone's got more than one problem. But I think people, you know, basically what is the problem that you're going to communicate and talk about in your marketing, you know, say like, okay, and overcoming eating disorders won't be something that Pilates instructors can market, but, uh, you know, get get back to your valued activities, overcome your back pain, you know, increase your strength by 50%, get your first pull-up, to become, you know, increase your flexibility by X amount, you know, these are things that Pilates instructors could, you know, can solve, you know, overcome your aches and pains, get more energy, you know, like what you see in the mirror more, you know, there's a lot, lots of things that we can solve for people like a specific result. So you, you become known as the go-to person for neck pain or, you know, athletic injury rehab or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, getting back into exercise postpartum. You know, you become known as the go-to person for that, and that's the that's the problem you solve. But of course, if you help people get back into exercise postpartum, well, pretty soon it's like six weeks postpartum, twelve weeks, six months, six years, ten years, twenty years. And all of a sudden, these people have fifteen years postpartum. You've been working with them for a decade, right? And you're no longer quote helping them get back into exercise postpartum. It's like that was ages ago in the rearview mirror. You've forgotten about it, but now you're, you're solving their subsequent problems because after they postpartum, well, then they've got other problems in life, and you're helping them, you know, through those things and helping them maintain the the gains that they've got, but you get people in the door by saying, Hey, I help women get back into exercise postpartum, or I help people overcome back pain and get back to their sport, or I help people, you know, get 50% stronger in six weeks or whatever, you know, whatever your one problem is. So, so you add, so you come up with an offer and the offer says, I help this person, you know, women over 40 solve this problem, low back pain in this period of time six weeks, 12 weeks, you know, whatever the period of time is. Is that what you're advocating? Um, I guess that's probably the 
problem and articulating it. The offer creation would be looking at structuring the price, the presentation, the value, how we're talking to, the messaging, the buy-in, talking about commitments. Like there's a whole big, like I said, we have a stacking all your solutions together. Yeah. yeah, um, But understanding the problem and the avatar client are the first two steps. Right. Okay. And then coming up with an offer that's irresistible to that person that they go, holy cow, I'd be crazy not to – I'd be crazy not to say yes to this because it's just basically totally risk-free and worst case scenario, nothing happens. <laughs> and best case scenario, I solve my problem and it's awesome. Um, so, all right. And is there anything else you feel like we need to cover? Like, have, you know, what have we missed, if anything? Um, I think I've been pretty detailed on the, on the value-based pricing. I think it's just, honestly, it's going to come down to people going, oh, yeah, that's great for you. Um, but how do I do that? Or I already have 50 people on a membership. How do I, do I rip the rug out from underneath them um, and just sort of start everyone again? And I would say the very strong no to that. You don't want to piss off your current clients. You maybe want to have a grandfathered approach, which means that you say everyone who's currently in still continues on as were for as long as you stay. But anyone new who comes in, this is the offer. Um and then also looking beyond that offer, do you re-offer them something else or maybe they hit their back pain free goal and then they move into the maintenance mode as to what everyone else is on as well. So probably just a couple of things that I would add. Mm. Um, what what are the benefits, you know, just to finish up, and maybe we should have said this right at the start, but what are, you know, why would I do this? You know, if I'm a applied instructor and I've got, you know, a dozen clients or whatever, and you know, I'm not doing brilliant, but I'm not doing terrible. You know, I'm kind of getting getting through life, paying the bills mostly on time. You know, why would I? Why? What are the benefits of switching to a value based or results based um, paradigm instead of time based? Yeah, uh, benefits are that it's a competitive advantage because everyone else is doing what everyone else is doing, which is offering time for, for sessions. And I think that if you have that edge. And, you know, people are looking at Apple AirPods and they're $400 and you can get a knockoff for 20 bucks from, you know, Amazon. And you're looking at that and you're going, well, the competitive advantage is when I wear Apple, you know, they teach us to think differently and I'm part of a, you know, an exclusive club of people who think like me and individuals and they've obviously, their branding has really nailed that. I've got something very similar price, yet I've bought Apple, right? And, and so it's about creating that, competitive advantage and going, well, I'm not here to sell time for money anymore. And it's so different that you're now a market of one, not a market of, oh, I could choose any Pilates studio in your city. It's like, well, you can't get to any other Pilates studio who also is going to get you pain-free back in the swimming pool in 12 weeks, guaranteed or work with, like you're creating your own offer that's exclusive and, and it's just yours. So they can't compare prices with literally anyone else, which means you can actually charge not only what you're worth, but feel okay making a profit while you do it because you're getting people incredible results that are so niche. Well said. <laughs> Good talk. Thanks so much. My pleasure. And uh, if people want to get in touch with you, we'll put all your details in the show notes and your social medias and your websites and all of that kind of jazz. Beautiful. Love it. See ya.
after two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist Rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing, and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.